Hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. Um, I'm really excited to introduce to you today Santos Perardo. Santos is a principal at one of the highest needs school in all of San Diego County. You are going to love her because in addition to being someone who's an accomplished educator, she's also a coach to coaches. And that speaks to me greatly because I know that she understands both the teaching side and helping people break through barriers, but she's funny and she's got great energy. So I think you'll learn some neat things from her. I've already have in the little bit of research I've done in our short conversation before we started. So Santos, with that as a little introduction to you, where would you like to start? And then I've got a list of questions for you. Okay. Well, I, I have to say, you really did a great job with that intro. I, I think that captures me very well. But yeah, you know, like you said, I, I work with coaches who are kind of transitioning or building a business while working full time, because that's something that um, I'm very passionate about and that I'm currently doing. I've built multiple businesses. Uh, but kind of like if you take a, a step back and think of me and my grand vision and my big picture. It really has always been for me about finding your purpose, finding that vision, and just doing whatever you need to do to get there, right? And establishing kind of some goals and working hard to get there. Because I think regardless of what it is that you want, you're going to have to do the work to get it. Okay, so let's back up then, because I know from research that you did not grow up in circumstances necessarily that would say, oh, this is how we do it. We set goals, we have plans, we do all this. You sound to me like you might have been a maverick in your family, and you went a different way. So what what was that about? Where did you grow up? How did that set the stage? And what was one of your first big decisions that you had to work for? So I grew up in Southeast Los Angeles and uh, we were poor and it it was a rough neighborhood, lots of drugs, lots of gangs, um, lots of poverty around. And I was a kid that was always in trouble in school. I'll admit that I was in the principal's office for Dr. Bethel, but I really looked around when I was about 10 or 11 and I said, you know what, this is not the life that I want for myself. I, I have to kind of get out of here, <laughs> essentially. And I made a decision that I, th- I thought, okay, I know that if I go to college, that will open up all these doors and I can get a career and make enough money to get out of poverty and have options and all of that, right? And so I just said, all right, from here on out, I have to get straight A's. I have to, everything is going to be about getting into college. And so I kind of surprised myself with how determined I was and how easy it was for me to focus on that goal because everything that I did after I made that decision was how is this going to contribute to me getting into college, right? So I was kind of ruthless about it, I'll be honest. As soon as, you know, certain friends of mine started ditching school or or experimenting with drugs or whatever going uh, in the on the wrong road i was like i'm sorry but i i got to say goodbye to you i have this goal and i'm going to stick to it and my whole i guess experience growing up and going to school and and having that goal everything i did 
kind of pointed me in that direction. And so I sought out opportunities. I mean, I was a crazy person going into the principal's office and saying, I want to sign up for that program. I want to uh, be selected for this. Uh, and it was basically like building up my resume to ensure that I was going to get in college. And it was interesting that I don't know where I got that from. I don't know where that internal drive came from and, and kind of that audacity, because it was not like somebody was whispering to me at home, like, hey, you got to do this now. You got to do this now. It really was about me saying, OK, let me look around and what resources can I gather? What can I do to position myself in a better way to get exactly what I want? Because nothing's going to be given to me. I have to work my butt off to get there. And I did. <laughs> well, that's a very young age to be so specific. But what was great about that was you, as you were speaking, you had one driving question. Is this going to help me yes. or not help me get where I'm going? Yes. Which sounds to me like it just took a lot of things out of the mix, right? You didn't have to think. If, if the answer was, no, it's not going to help me, you quit thinking about it. Yes. Oh yeah, it, it, it was incredible. I, I, when I think back now, I'm like, how did I do that really at, at such a young age to make that decision and then to follow through with it for all those years and certainly having not the best influences around me, I never swayed. I just was unapologetically committed to what I was going to do. And the funny thing is people in the neighborhood, people around me <laughs> knew that because it just emanated from me and they just didn't mess with me. Like nobody offered me drugs anymore. It, people got bored of trying to distract me because I was so determined. And uh, yeah, when I think back, it's just so funny. And now that I've reconnected with some of my friends from back in the day, they always comment on that, like how focused I was and how unusual that was for that neighborhood, you know? <laughs> what a great role model though for other people to be able to say, well, Heck, here's this kid who did it. No right. one's helping her. Right. You know? So she's just, just off and charging. Oh, totally. <laughs> so that must drive your belief that there really is no excuse when someone wants something. There's no reason to have an excuse for it. And is that something as you're working? Because, you know, being a full-time principal is not a slide-by job, right? You can't just phone it in. No. There are real kids you're taking care of, real teachers you're working with, yeah. politics in the district. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, I, there's not, it's not an easy job. Um, <laughs> but I will tell you, I do remember all my elementary school principals, teachers, and vice principals. And oh. it's an important, I do, because they, oh. all, they all took the time, right? We weren't a huge school, thankfully. Yeah. But it it does matter, and I remember each one of them. My fifth that. grade one, not so much. I didn't care for her. She was, <laughs> she was a little mean to people, but I still remember what I learned from her, and it was a lot of good stuff. Um, but anyway, I, I just loved elementary school. That's why I'm excited that's where you are, especially yeah. with your mindset mm -hmm. and being able to help your teachers. So yeah. how did you decide that you now wanted to help coaches who are starting out? And and how do you approach that with them? Because I imagine there are a lot of reasons people say they don't have time, and that's a litany of reasons. Oh, so share, share with me and my listeners some of those excuses and kind of the way you help people get, like, take the veil off of them and see them for what they are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm going to condense this part because it was 
a very indirect line from me deciding, okay, I want to start my own business to then ending up as a coach for coaches. Initially, when I started out, I was doing niche websites and I was just exploring my options. I knew that I wanted to do have a creative outlet, but I also wanted to plan ahead like my exit strategy, you know, and have a little bit more of that time freedom. And because I'm a workaholic, I really was able to pour myself into my first business and I was making four figures a month pretty consistently, very quickly uh, within months. But after I got over that initial excitement, like, oh, I can actually make money. You know what I mean? I realized this is not satisfying at all. And I don't want to pour my energy into this after being in such an amazing profession that fulfills me so much. I can't do this. So that began that kind of exploration. What I really got down to doing was understanding what my strengths were, right? What skills I I brought to the table and what skills I naturally had that would enable me to help people because ultimately it's just a part of me. I'm the only way I can feel fulfilled is helping people. And so I needed to figure out, well, where is the intersection of all of that, right? And so it took me a bit of soul searching and kind of trying things out and different iterations of businesses to get to the point where I'm helping coaches. But what I know now is it's exactly where I need to be because like you said, people start putting all these excuses in place to prevent them from moving forward. And a lot of that has to do with fear. A lot of that has to do with lack of confidence. And I, and I, what I do with my, with the people I work with is I I share with them, look, there have been plenty of times through, through this journey. And, and when I still do this, I still do this to myself where I'm self-sabotaging either because I'm scared or because it's something that's uncomfortable and I'm about to make a breakthrough. And what do I do? I put something in the way, right? Maybe I pretend that I don't have enough time because I'm so busy and so I don't follow through on something. Whatever it is that's kind of popping up to prevent me from having that breakthrough, that's a normal thing. People do that. They do that self-sabotage. And so I always say to them, if you're complaining that you don't have enough time, you either haven't found the right vision, you haven't really honed in on exactly what it is you want to do that moves you, um, or you're just scared. (laughs) You know, you're just scared. And uh, both of those things are things that we can work on. They're solvable. They're solvable. And so I, I... usually we're able to get them to work through that. Okay. Have you really, are you being really honest with yourself about what you want to do? Is this really how you envision your future doing X, Y, or Z, right? If, if you're sure on that, if you have that pretty solid and you know, this is it, then let's look at that other piece of it, that fear, that sense of lack of confidence and, and that is something that takes a while for people, right? Because they, what it is, is it's a series of successes that they have mm-hmm. to have. And each one builds on the other. And that confidence just becomes more and more prevalent for them. And they're able to bust through more and more and bigger and bigger obstacles. So when I hear them say, I just don't have time, I'm like, Mm-mm, that's not really the problem. <laughs> that is really not the problem because... I can tell you there are many days when I'm 
when I come home exhausted from my job where I've just had a crazy day. And yeah, I want to sit there and just put my feet up on the couch and maybe have some wine and not think anymore. But I have a bigger vision for what I want in my future. And I make the time. I just have to be disciplined. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm getting into this one. (laughs) You know what? I'll stop you when you go, if you go like on a different train altogether. I will. (laughs) <laughs> no, I think this it's important because let me but let me talk a little bit about time with you further. Okay. Because I I find in my life and I know that when I started doing my business on the side first, mm-hmm. it was that same thing like where are you going to have time or and then on top of it and people are saying well you're already working like 55 60 hours a week you're tired and I'm thinking yeah but I really want to write this book and they're looking at me like I'm nuts, right? And I'm thinking right. well I don't know. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. I may be nuts later. But um, <laughs> but part of it was that lie that there's not enough time, right? And there are places you can squirrel time away, oh. right? So how do you help people think differently about their time or even take an honest look like, do you really not have enough time without compromising like your sanity or your health? But Right. Um, so there are a few techniques that I have. I think the simplest one and, and where I always start and people hate this because it's kind of like the the behind the scenes work that needs to happen in order for the outer stuff to kind of work. The first thing I like to do is do a time audit with people. I, I always tell them, look, sometimes we think we're doing more than we actually are. That's human nature and that's okay. But you have to have a base understanding of your time right? Because then you can create realistic goals. And I'm all about realistic and a little bit of stretch, right? So if people are able to get a clear understanding of how much time they actually have, how they're using that time, when they they are best able to work, all of those things give them a starting place from which to create those goals and create realistic timelines and realistic routines, right? So that's where I start getting real about your time and how you're using it. Once you really establish that, then I like to move into one of my favorite things, routines, 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 routines. Because when you get something and break it down into a routine, you take the thinking work out of it. And so it becomes more automatized. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm going to say it. Let's say it is. (laughs) Yeah. Automatic, automatized. Yes. I like it. Um, (laughs) it's much more automatic for you and so you don't even have to think about it It becomes a habit which is the foundation for anything if you're going to accomplish something you have to build those habits so that's kind of how I break it down for people and that took me a while to do because whenever you're building a new habit it really takes a lot more mental energy physical energy you're building a new way for your body and your mind to work. And so that takes time to do. But once I was able to really establish that and get some things under control, oh my gosh, things were so much easier. And now I keep thinking, I still have some of this other time. What can I do with that time? So now that I I understand the trick behind it uh, to make me more productive and, and just make things more automatic. It's exciting to look at tiny fragments of time that I'm not using as productively and go, what can I do with that? 
that's exciting. So yeah, those are some simple things that I do with my clients that really help them, but it's up to them to really implement. Is there resistance in people doing the time study? A hundred percent. Yes. Because you know what? Then they don't have that story to hang on to anymore. Right? They don't have that story of, I don't have time. It's like, oops, you've been outed. Look at all this time. Right. But I don't, I don't want to make that change. Well, that's a decision. That's okay. But let's right. be honest about it. Right. You, exactly. <laughs> you can make that choice. It's okay. It's an okay choice, but exactly. be honest about it. But be honest about it. Yep. Yes. A hundred percent. Hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. Over the course of this podcast, we've been pretty intentional about not using advertising so that we can bring you nothing but inspirational stories. But today, for the first time, I wanted to share with you that there are two opportunities coming up. If you've been considering finding a coach, now's the time to review the six-week Strategic Vision Achievers mini course or the 12-week intensive course. Find out more information about visiting sarahbox.com forward slash coaching or shoot me an email at sarah at sarahbox.com. Put in six-week or 12-week coaching and I'll follow up with you. Thanks and let's get back to the podcast. So you talked a little bit about planning and I there's a there's kind of this thing when you think about people who want to start their own business, oftentimes there's this sense of like they see other people who maybe they're just now looking at them and so they think, okay, that person could do it and they're already at this level. They have no idea the back end that happened to get them there. They just now see them at the current space, right? And it made me think when I was listening to you about realistic goals, are you somebody that believes in having a plan? And if so, what's that look like for you or your clients? Hmm. Am I somebody that believes in having a plan? Yes, I, I, I am. And the funny thing is, people don't perceive me that way. <laughs> because I am also extremely spontaneous. Like I, I have a natural gift for really seeing 10 steps ahead. It's something that I've always done. And I think if you think about my, my background, the first story I kind of told about getting into college and planning, I think that's where that comes from. I'm just making that connection right now. Um, but yeah, I, I have that ability to do that, to really look 10 steps ahead and understand how, that's going, how this is going to impact that. So I totally believe in making plans. And in terms of what that looks like for my clients or for me, it's different for every person, you know, because I think, especially when you're building your own business, there is so much self-exploration that needs to happen, especially if you're a coach, right? Because you are your brand. And so you're constantly evolving and your relationship to what you can offer other people is constantly evolving with with what you're learning, right? And so it's important to have plans for those things that you can plan for, but I also think it's important to give yourself permission to change it a little, change it up a little bit as you go. Um, because then it becomes this torture chamber that you're constricting yourself to things that you no longer ascribe to or believe in or, or want to do, right? So for my clients, I, I, I do tell them you have to have a plan. It's important to have a plan so that you're able to measure your progress um, and able to understand like, 
this worked for me, this did not. Um, how can I modify this further? Or, you know what, I want to switch directions. And so in terms of that, I think it's important, but I, I always say to them, don't worry if you change the plan. It's okay. That is, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> in fact, if you have that flexibility, I think you're going to be more responsive to your own learning, learning, period. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the plan is to help the individual go towards their grand vision. Yes. Right. Always. So the, the hows, the what's and hows of the plan can change, but the vision is static unless the vision actually has changed. Right. Right. And then right. it's just, so do you find, this is a interesting question for me. So this is very personal, but mm. do you find like people who have set a vision and then they've committed to it and they realize, like you said for yourself, like that's mm. uh, not what I, I'm successful at it, but I don't want to be there. Right. right. Do do folks have trouble letting go of that? And why do you why do you think that she's? I see you nodding. No one can oh, hear yes. you nodding. I want to <laughs> I want to acknowledge that. <laughs> so Santos is nodding her head. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> but, but what what causes that? Do you think, or what helps people get unstuck from that? You know, this is something I've been thinking about recently. I've been journaling about this because I now speak from, from my own experiences, okay? So uh, I have had to really break through a lot of mindset stuff, traps, I guess, uh, around letting go of more traditional career paths, right? And so... I understand how important it is for some people to, to hang on to a vision that maybe they've been taught to, is their vision, right? Or maybe it, it was a paradigm that made sense to them at that point, but no longer does. I understand the resistance uh, around not wanting to let go of that because then you're going into uncharted territory somewhat, and that's scary, right? That's scary. So even there's there's always there's even though you acknowledge that and you see that oh gosh I have to let go of this but I'm too scared because my vision feels like it's shifting to this that tension it takes a long time to get through it well I should say for me it took a long time for me to get through it because it really gave me a lot of safety and it it did get me far right my grand vision that I had got me to to a place where I felt confident and I had met all these goals and I had been able to provide for my family and I was able to get, you know, multiple degrees and have all this impact to then start shifting into, but I want a different path. That's so scary. And it requires so much mindset work. It requires you revisiting your vision and what you really want over and over and over again. And it kind of like exposure therapy, maybe, <laughs> until it no longer feels so scary. And it feels like exactly what you've always thought. <laughs> you know, it just feels so natural. Um, so then you start making decisions that align with that new paradigm. But that's a process. It's such a process. And you have to do the work to, to get there, honestly. And it nothing just drops out of the sky. No. No. No, no. Well, what um 
when you think about the self-reflection and having to revisit the vision, what role does like your personal self-care and attention to your own person play in your ability to do all of that and be effective and productive, all of that? Do you have routines? Yes. I, that has been my most recent kind of project. So before I became a principal, I ran in multiple marathons. I ran every day. I love running. It's the only kind of exercise I really enjoy um, because it's sort of like meditation, right? And when I got really busy being a principal, I just stopped. You know, I didn't really do that anymore. I recently started to do it again because I realized that is a priority for me. I feel my best when I am incorporating that exercise. Not only that, but I fit in my clothes better. And, you know, I watch what I eat when I'm more active. It's just a natural kind of byproduct of that. So I had to be very uh, systematic and very deliberate about how I incorporated that into my day because I, I really have created these routines. If I just input one more routine, it has the ability to kind of have a ripple effect on the rest of my day. And so I had to be careful about making sure it balanced. Right. And so it was little by little, I started to incorporate it and I found that putting it in my calendar and just saying at this time, I'm going to get a reminder and that's going to put it in my mind that that's what I'm going to do with that time and adding more days to it during the week. And so I just started to integrate it more naturally into my weekly schedule until it just became a no brainer thing that I did. Uh, And that's just like with any habit, you know, you have to build it in and I've made the mistake in the past thinking, okay, I'm going to go from zero fitness that I've been doing to I'm going to start the insanity program and I'm going to stick to that. Right. And that didn't go so well. (laughs) So I said, let's try a smarter approach and let's just build it little by little. First, I'll start walking for a half hour. Then I'll increase that. Then I'll start running more. And so it's just a systematic way of doing it. And I think self-care is so, 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 so important. It keeps you balanced and on track and it just keeps you at your peak, right? Like I find that I'm more creative when I'm active, when I'm eating better and I'm less apt to handle my stress in an unhealthy way, which used to be like stuffing French fries in my mouth. <laughs> you know, Now I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> when you do um, self-care physically, what do you do for your mental self-care? I know you said that that's a stress reliever, but mm-hmm. are there things you do to help reset? I mean, with all the mindset work you've been doing, yeah. right? That really is a constant kind of reset or awareness. Like to even be able to say, what am I actually thinking right now that's making me have anxiety or worry or hesitate, whatever. What kind of things do you do to help you kind of capture that? Are you a writer, a journaler? What what do you do? I I do a couple things. So I read a lot. I'm, I'm always reading like two or three books at a time. And I find that when I stray from that habit, it, uh, I am less clear. And that's something I've always gone to, even as a kid. It, that's just something that's been constant with me. I love to read. So that I just get up, I read for a half hour, then I journal for a half hour. Um, and I've made the sacrifice of getting up earlier to do that because I have noticed 
that when I do that, those two things, journaling and reading in the morning before I go to work, before I do anything else, I am in a much better mood. I'm more energetic. I'm more positive. Challenges that come up don't really stress me out as much as they usually do. And so once you get that feedback cycle going, oh, I feel better when I do this, then it reinforces you getting up again the next day. So journaling has been huge for me. I work it out in my journal, you know, when I'm struggling with something. And I, the reading part, I think why that's so important is obviously I'm learning new things, but with my nonfiction stuff, but with my fiction stuff, I'm able to attach to characters and live kind of live a situation through them. And so there's a learning process that goes on with that. So whether you're re- whatever you're reading, there's a lesson that you can take from that. And that feeds my soul and my mind. I love to learn. So, so nothing's wasted. Nothing. Nothing I'm voracious is wasted. with that. <laughs> so to, I know that if you're a voracious reader and you have two or three going all the time, my bet is you have a stack of books you've recently read. What are some of the most recent ones, whether they're fiction or nonfiction? Uh, okay, so I, the one of the ones that I've read recently that I've loved and that I actually got for a couple of my students was uh, Brian Tracy's No Excuses, The the Power of Self-Discipline. I love that book. I underlined so many things in there. I love it, love it, love it. So that's a big one for me. And then I also read, oh gosh, Flowers of, oh my gosh, I have Goodreads on my phone. My app is always with me. I think it's called Flowers of the, no, Killers of the Flower Moon or something like that. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. And it's about the birth of the FBI. And it's a fascinating story about uh, a little known kind of piece of U.S. history about the spurt, is that a word? Spurt of murders uh, of the Osage, Osage um, Indians or Native American tribe um, in like the 20s fascinating book. I read it in a day. I couldn't put it down. I could not put it down. (laughs) All right. I wrote that down. That sounds great. It's amazing. You'll love it. (laughs) I do. I'm one of those. I'm I'm always listening. I have my list of audible books. People go, well, you should read that and go, I do that also. And (laughs) it's not, I'm rarely without something like a book I'm listening to or learning from. I have to. And Brian Tracy, of course, you know. I love him. I do too. <laughs> well, it's very practical and in your face. Totally. So. And I love that. <laughs> I think you and I might be related. Um, <laughs> so as we're wrapping this up, I want people to know about how they connect with you, learn from you. What? What? Tell us about that. Okay. So where they can connect with me? Yeah. So I spend almost all of my time online in my Facebook group. Uh, which is the new coach launch pad, new coach launch pad community. And I have a URL for that new coach I spend all my time in there just because it's my people, you know, it's people that understand my message and really need the help that I am able to provide. And so I do free trainings in there. I mentioned earlier that I love to write. I write incessantly. So I'm always posting in there three or four times a day and doing live videos and trainings, answering questions. Um, So if you're interested in anything I have to say, uh, you want to learn some things about how to build your coaching business or about organizing and creating habits, come join us in the group. You'll have fun there, I think. 
And you can always just friend me on Facebook and reach out to me via Messenger if you want to ask me a question. Um, I'm pretty good about getting back to people in that way. Yeah. <laughs> what is the most exciting thing that's happening in your school right now? Because we're uh, wrapping up a school year, right? You're coming yes. in. Are you year-round or not? We're a modified year-round. So we go nine weeks, and then we get two weeks off, nine weeks, and then two weeks off. So right now, Monday is the start of state testing, which, boo, it's a necessary evil, but we do it. And I'm actually a little bit stressed because, and this is going to be very embarrassing to admit, but I had a little jump rope incident, and I injured my leg jumping rope with my fifth graders. And so I'm actually, my doctor has put me on bed rest a little bit until my calf heals because I can't walk on it right now. (laughs) That'll slow you down. Yes. It's been, it's been a harrowing experience not to be able to be in school right now. I'm like, I'm not good at sitting on the couch. (laughs) So, um, that's a big thing, though, your testing piece coming up. It is. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a, it's, it's a big deal. It is. It is. But my, my kids are wonderful, and they're great writers, and I strive to be super approachable um, because I never want them to feel afraid of me, you know? So people always laugh when the parents say, be scary, you know, scare my son. I'm like, none of the kids here are scared of me. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a little they late for me. that. It's yeah, a little late. <laughs> yeah, fear may not be the best motivator for that. No, not at all. <laughs> well, what would be one last or few last words of wisdom you would offer the guest of No Labels, No Limits, No Excuses people that listen to this podcast so that they can actually get from wishing they were where they wanted to be to being on the path to going? I would say, oh, wowzers. I would say definitely two things. One, you can accomplish anything you set your mind to. And I know that sounds like a typical elementary school principle, but I know it from life experience and I believe it to my core. I'm an example of that. And so many people that I know are an example of that. The second thing is when you stick to your instincts and really follow what it is you truly have in here and do the work of figuring out what that is, you are going to live such an amazing, happy, fulfilled life. So do that. Do the work of getting down to understanding what it is that you really want And don't think that it's going to come the first time you try something. You may try something that helps you define what it is you truly want to do. So don't see that as a failure. Just look at it as this pathway to getting to your truest, happiest self. (laughs) That's all I got to (laughs) say. I think that's great. And I want to thank you so much for spending time today on the podcast. I've so enjoyed meeting you and feeling our paths may cross again. Yes, I've had so much fun. You are an amazing interviewer. I've enjoyed this conversation so much. And I love listening to your podcast. So thank you for having me on. This was so much fun. My pleasure. (laughs) We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Santos. (laughs) Well, that's it for this week's edition of the No Labels, No Limits podcast. 
We hope you liked what you heard, and if you did, we ask that you go over to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. If you know someone who would enjoy this podcast, please be sure to share. And until next time, have a great week living a no labels, no limits, and no excuses life. 